0: Hi, dear friends. Welcome to Faith FM, Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. This is Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. And I'm thankful that God allows us to share the Word with you today. Wherever you're listening from, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. The theme for this week is Christmas. Yesterday we looked at the origin and meaning of Christmas. Today we will answer the following big question. Does the Old Testament really foretell Christ? and today i'm joined by my friend pastor marty here at the faith fm studio he's sitting right in front of me in the hot seat for those of you who don't know him marty is the pastor of sterling seventh-day adventist church and grace adventist center welcome marty how are you today
1: oh ricardo thank you so much for that uh, wonderful welcome it's great to be here and, um, what a great subject. This is just such a, f- such a, such a lovely time of year to celebrate, um, the, the Christmas story, to celebrate Jesus. And of course, to be able to strengthen our faith today by going back and looking at prophecies which have been accurately fulfilled, mm. um, in the life of Jesus.
0: Wow. I can't wait to hear those prophecies. Indeed. Uh, and, and yes, what would we do? What would we do without Jesus if he didn't come the first time?
1: Uh? If we didn't have Jesus the first time, then certainly we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here you know, sure. our, it's an amazing theme to mm. consider: God actually becoming a human being, and and not just coming as a, a man, but he came as a as a helpless babe Mm. and um, an incredible condescension. And um, it's just amazing the humility of God, what He was willing to do to reveal to us the depths of His love and to to provide a way for salvation for us as well.
0: Excellent. I'm so thankful that He was willing to do all of that for us. who don't deserve anything. Dear listeners, today I want to share with you uh, an article about someone else who did, or follow that example of Jesus. And I'm going to talk about Mother Teresa. Uh, The article is from Ministry Magazine. This is December 1997. But I found this really, really uh, important, especially during this season. And the title of the article is The Risk of Christmas. What Mother Teresa and Christmas have in common? So the article says... Close to a million people lined up on the winding roads of Calcutta to catch a glimpse of Mother Teresa's body on the way to its final resting place. The journey was emotional to some, spiritual to others, disturbing to a few, and a wonder to all. The wonder rose from the question, why? Why was this frail little woman honored and mourned throughout the world? Why did the small and the great, the street dwellers and the statesmen, the agnostic and the religious, take a bow toward Calcutta? Was it because she became a legend in her own time and earned such titles as the saint of the gutters, the mother of the dying, the friend of the lonely, the servant of the poor, the noble laureate for peace? I think not. These titles and honors do not impress me the most. What impresses me is the risk she took as a young girl when she left the safety of her home and friends in Albania to undertake a journey of faith and service to the unknown world of Calcutta. There she prospered, so to speak, as a teacher and then as the principal of the St. Mary's Girls' School a prestigious institution known for its academic excellence. But the young sojourner was not satisfied. Something was missing in her ministry, and she prayed and sought for what that was. And it was all the time before her eyes, and she had not seen it. But when prayer opens one's heart and eyes, the vision of what should be done comes rather easily. She saw the vision of the poor, of the dying, of the sick, of thousands in Calcutta's streets who live and die without the basic dignity that the Creator desires for every human being. So she started in a small way a home for the destitute. The home grew both in size and in love until it embraced scores of countries and thousands of people around the world. One of the first persons she carried to her home was a woman on a street corner, a poor destitute woman whose toes were already half eaten up by rodents. In the face of that suffering woman, she said, she saw the face of Christ. That changed her world. That became the philosophy of her service. To see in every hurting human face the reflection of the suffering and the saving Jesus is what the mystery of Christmas is all about. After all, why did God have to incarnate himself In the form of a helpless baby why should that baby lie in a manger amidst the angelic chorus of glory to God and goodwill to humanity why should there be a distant shadow of the cross to ask why is not given us to ask why sorry is not given to us to affirm it did is the good news and the challenge. So the article then goes on to speak about the good news and then the challenge. So it says the good news. Christmas is the good news that the Creator has stepped into human history in the most dynamic form imaginable to offer to every human being the possibility of becoming what He wanted them to be at creation. To restore in humans the image of their Maker, to bring them back to the perfection in which they were created, to break the bond of sin and suffering and to open the kingdom of God to whoever will enter. That's what Christmas is all about. So did Jesus on his journey from Christmas, his birth, to the cross. He healed a man blind from birth, transformed a woman shattered by the violations of Magdala, asked a lonely, helpless man at at Bethesda to take up his bed and walk on a Sabbath day. He changed the demoniacs to be ambassadors for, of God's redemptive grace He embraced a leper And raised the dead And challenged a noted clergyman That he was of no use Unless he was born again Jesus thrust upon history The challenge of Christmas It's time to see in every human face The image of God Marred but transformable And now the challenge of Christmas Christmas That mystery of identifying with the lowly, the suffering, the dying, is not easy. Incarnational ministry involves risks of rejection, of loneliness, of being doubted, and ultimately of the cross. Without that mystery and without the readiness to accept that risk, Christmas becomes just a festivity. Indeed, a pagan festivity that recognizes neither God nor humanity, but only self. The festivity is easy and can include everything and everyone. It has a Santa Claus, it sets up hot soup kitchens, it distributes uh, food and fruit packages, and it gives toys. Each act, good as it may be, brings some happiness for a moment, and like the dew of the morning vanishes a while later. The festivity has no permanency. But Christmas is a permanent event, God with us, now and forever. When that permanency takes over us, we see God's face reflected in every hurting child of His creation. We may not be saints of the gutter or winners of Nobel Prizes, but we can certainly be risking whatever we have for the message and mission of Christmas, to bring glory to God
1: and goodwill to man and woman everywhere.
0: I love this article. Yeah,
1: that is a beautiful article. Um, I'd love to get a copy of it because it's just so powerful. Mm. It, it shows so clearly that the spirit of of giving, the spirit of helping those who are in need really is at the heart of, of what Christmas is all about. And um, it reminds me of the, a passage where Jesus said um, he was ta- he's talking to to the righteous, and he says, um, "I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me." Mm-hmm. Then the righteous will answer him and saying. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And so this is this powerful, these words of Jesus that what we've done to someone who's in need what we've done to someone who is suffering and in hardship it's as if we have done it to jesus himself
0: that's a privilege
1: and what a privilege Mm. if we want to come close to jesus find Mm. someone who is poor who is needy Mm. who's struggling who may be discouraged they may be depressed or lonely Mm. um and they need someone to speak words of hope Mm. and encouragement and just to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> spend time with them. By doing that, we come close to Jesus. I think I, I once read that, you know, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, we don't need to travel over to Jerusalem and the Holy Lands. All we need to do is go and help those who are poor and suffering, and we'll be walking in the footsteps it's of Jesus.
0: Just like like <laughs> being his arms and, and mouth, and, you know, we can hug other people and, you know, in, on behalf of Jesus It's so amazing that we can do that It's a privilege and There's nothing like giving really right? Because you, you can receive And it sort of makes you happy for a while Just a short while
1: mm. But then
0: when you give That's a totally different feeling
1: Absolutely
0: uh, Many years mm. ago I was still living in South America I remember and I was driving one night And I saw that at the at the uh, traffic lights There was there were a couple of children Normally when you stop there, the red light, they, they asked for money, right? And so they did. They came and asked for money, and uh, I was maybe perhaps in a hurry. And uh, So I knew I had a bag with uh, leftover coins in my car. So I reached out without looking. I grabbed the bag, and I gave it to them. And I left when the, le- when the light turned green. And then I looked through the mirror, and I saw these two. I think it was a, a boy and a girl. They were jumping up and down and hugging each other as if I had given them millions, right? (laughs) When I stopped, then I realized I had given them something else with a lot of money. It it wasn't my intention, of course, but you know what? It made me so happy to see them celebrating like that and hugging each other. Like, Yeah, I mean, I was going to use that money for something else, but look, uh, I would have done it again.
1: Amen. That's, that's feeling,
0: powerful it's that's it's just a feeling that you you know
1: priceless that's what yeah that's the true that's true riches true riches is in is in having a contented heart and having the privilege to be able to give to someone in need and that's yeah that that just brings like you're saying pastor Ricardo that brings a joy that that nothing else can really can really compare to amen yeah amen Okay, well, I hope this
0: Christmas we have the same spirit that Jesus showed when he came to give it all for us.
1: Absolutely.
0: the listeners, it's time for a little break. Let's listen to some music. And today we have Charlie Lansborough with Once in Royal David's City.
2: David City Stood Our lonely Cattle shed Where a mother Laid her baby In an manger For his bed Mary Was that Mother mild Jesus Christ little child he came down to earth from heaven who is God and Lord of all and his shelter was a stable and his cradle was a store with the poor Saviour holy O little town of Bethlehem How still we see Eli dreamlessly the silent stars go by, yet in the dark streets shine.
0: Song by Charlie Lansborough, once in Royal David City. Talking about our dear Jesus. Um, Dear friends, our giveaway for this week is the book Knowing Jesus, Knowing God by David Marshall. Knowing Jesus, Knowing God by David Marshall. This book is all about Jesus, as you can see. It reveals his personality the reasons why uh, we can believe in Him and depend on Him, and how we can accept His salvation. By knowing Jesus, we know God. Isn't that indeed what he said? You have seen me, you have seen the Father. Well, when we know God, the miracle at the heart of the Christian gospel begins in our lives. David Marshall has degrees including a doctorate in history, but he chose to spend his life communicating the good news about Jesus. He's never happier than when he is immersed in the four gospels. He believes that in them we encounter the living Christ, and through him the generous Father whose arms are wide open to those who return to his home. So dear friends, if you would like a free copy of this book, all you need to do is text the code SA one five zero on O four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. That's SA for South Australia. 150 no spaces sa150 on 04-888-808-11. And don't forget that you can also text that number with your questions, your comments, any prayer requests we'd we'll love to hear from you every time. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A right across Australia. This is Pastor Ricardo and my co-host today is Pastor Marty. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center here in Adelaide. This week we're following the theme, Christmas. And the big question for today is, does the Old Testament really foretell Christ? Marty, do you think the Old Testament tells us about Christ?
1: Absolutely. Um, The Old Testament, Jesus even said in John chapter 5, I'm going to come to this verse, John chapter 5 verse 39, Jesus was speaking to the religious leaders of his day Mm -hmm. and Jesus said, You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me. The only scriptures that were in existence in that time, Pastor Ricardo, were the Old Testament. It right. baffles me that there are Christians today that say that the Old Testament is no longer important. The, whole, the entire New Testament is full of quotations from the Old Testament. Jesus himself said that the Old Testament scriptures testified of me. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All Scripture is inspired by God. And so the Old Testament is God-breathed. It was written by the prophets and others who were inspired and moved upon by the Spirit of God. And, of course, the Old Testament is full of, of prophecies. In fact, someone has calculated that approximately one-third of the entire Bible is prophecy. Mm. In other words, some 8,000 verses in the Bible uh, deal with prophecy. They deal with foretelling of events to come in the future. And there are um, more than 100 prophecies in the Old Testament, that actually spoke about Jesus' life in advance. Mm-hmm. It's as if Jesus' life was written down in advance, to pre- in precise details, because the whole story of salvation really pointed to the Messiah coming, to the Savior of the world coming, mm-hmm. and providing a way for us to receive the forgiveness of our sins and to receive eternal life. So, we see a number of prophecies. Now, we're not going to have time to look at 100 plus prophecies, (laughs) Pastor Ricardo, in this, in our program. But we do have time to look at a number of significant prophecies. The first Mm. we want to come to is in the Old Testament book of Micah. Now, Micah is just a small book, and uh, it's... In chapter 5 and verse 2, here's what we read. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So, in the Bible, in the book of Micah, written some 750 years before Christ, The prophet Micah pinpoints the location Mm -hmm. of where the Messiah would come, Bethlehem, our little town of Bethlehem, such a small town in the thousands of towns of Judah. And yet the prophet Micah pinpoints and says, well, this is where the Messiah will come out of, Mm, out of all the places, out of all the places And, of course, we know that Jesus was, in fact, born in, in Bethlehem. But but what is so significant about this is that when you think about how this prophecy was fulfilled, think about the fact that Joseph and Mary, well, where were they from? Were they from Bethlehem, Pastor? No. <laughs> they weren't. Their, their hometown was Nazareth. And, uh, and of course, Nazareth was 140 kilometers north mm-hmm. of Bethlehem. Now, this is amazing. The prophecy had said that, they, that the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. Joseph and Mary were not from Bethlehem. Wow. But there was a decree that was given by Caesar Augustus, mm-hmm. and it ordered all the citizens of the Roman Empire to return to their family hometowns and to be counted in the census. Now, Joseph and Mary. Um Mary is pregnant. She is... um well along in her pregnancy. If you were to check in with Joseph and Mary and you say, um, after three months of of Mary being pregnant, say, uh, Joseph and Mary, where are you right now? They'd say, we're in Nazareth. If you were to check in with them at six months' time and say, where are you right now? They'd say, we're in Nazareth. Uh If you just ask them at eight months' time, where are you right now? They'd say, we're in Nazareth. What would cause a man to make his wife get on the back of a donkey Mm-hmm. And travel 140 kilometers south to go to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, no man, in, I mean, Pastor Ricardo, we've had, my wife and I, we've had three children. Yes. And you, you, you do everything that your wife says. You make her, her as comfortable as mm-hmm. possible when you're getting close to the time when she's about to give birth. Mm-hmm. Why would Joseph do such a thing? Because he had to, he was. It was. He was ordered by law to go back to Bethlehem, the place of their family origin. And they got there, and on the very night they arrived in <laughs> Bethlehem, Jesus was born. And that was foretold seven hundred years before that happened. S- seven hundred fifty odd years before this took place, Amazing. the prophet Micah said, "Bethlehem's going to be the place." Mm. And God knew. Exactly. God's timing mm. was incredible because even if, if something had have delayed Joseph and Mary and Jesus was not born in Bethlehem, then the prophecy would have failed yes. and, and they couldn't. And, it, and so an amazing, amazing accuracy, the very night that they arrive in Bethlehem is the night that Jesus mm. is born. So that's just one of the prophecies. That's just one, <laughs> and there are a number of others. Let's come to Isaiah chapter 7. <clears throat> and Isaiah chapter 7 is, a, in verse 14, Is it, this is a quite a well-known prophecy. Yes. And uh, here's what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel which of course is translated God with us Mm -hmm. so Isaiah predicts that a virgin is going to conceive now we know that that is impossible it is but what is impossible for man is possible Mm. for God what can be hard for him exactly there's nothing too difficult for God and God implants the embryo divine within mary's womb and this prophecy of course was fulfilled even those who were critics of jesus use the fact that mary was pregnant with him as in, in in a way to defame jesus many jewish opponents of christ who oppose christ used to call him a bastard in other words, he was he was his mother was pregnant with him before she was married. Yeah. And so the Bible and the Bible very clearly declares that Jesus was of course conceived of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and he would be called the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Fulfilled prophecy mm-hmm. predicted some seven hundred years before Jesus. Isaiah says that the that Messiah Emmanuel will be born of a virgin. Indeed Jesus was born of a virgin. The Bible also says in Isaiah 53 that the Messiah would be rejected. Isaiah chapter 53, and notice verse 3. The Bible says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Well, certainly as we look at the story of Jesus, we recognize that Jesus was, in fact, uh, rejected by his people. Indeed, he was crucified on a Roman cross, and um, and so this prophecy was fulfilled. Perfectly. Jesus, uh, many of the Jews were expecting a Messiah to come who would restore the kingdom to Israel, who would bring peace and prosperity upon the earth. And yet Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. Um, Jesus didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. And Pastor Ricardo, I, I wonder if there are even potentially Christians today who, in their mind, as they think about what's to come in the future they imagine that an earthly kingdom will once again be established and that peace will reign on this earth for a thousand years and there are many misconceptions and could it be that history could repeat itself
0: i'm afraid we uh, we can we can commit the same mistake when it comes to one of the comings of jesus
1: so the jews were not expecting The Messiah to come in the manner in which Mm. he did come. And today we see the same challenge among, among Christendom today. We see that many are expecting something far different. They're reading the prophecies far different to what they actually mean. And I would encourage anyone who's listening today to Mm -hmm. go and to, and to, and to, to do some earnest study of Bible prophecy. Um, You know, do some earnest study. uh, Re look at the books of Daniel, Revelation. You know, obviously, we're you know Faith FM is the Seventh Day Adventist broadcast here, and of course, we have a huge. We believe that God has given us a message for these last days. That is to that is to go back to these prophetic books and to understand these prophecies, so that we don't repeat the mistakes of yes. the past by misinterpreting prophecy and therefore being set up for, uh, for deception. I, I
0: truly believe that if anyone seeks the truth honestly, God will reveal the truth to everyone. When you go to the book of Revelation, there you will find that the Jerusalem that we are looking for actually comes from heaven. And so that's just one of the points that we could mention, but there's so much to find, so much truth to find as we honestly seek for it in the Bible.
1: Absolutely. And, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will guide you into mm-hmm. all truth. What an incredible promise. Yes. So, what about this one? Um, Isaiah predicted that Jesus would live in Galilee. Fascinating. <laughs> um, Isaiah in chapter 9 In verses 1 and 2, here's what Isaiah predicted some 700 years before Jesus was even born. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. And when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Jesus yes. spent the majority of his ministry mm. in Galilee. He walked the streets. He, he healed the sick. There were streets, there were towns and villages in which, once he had passed through, mm. there was not a single sick person in those places. Indeed, mm-hmm. um, Jesus fulfilled this incredible prophecy. How did this happen? Well, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Right. But there was a king. His name was Herod. Mm -hmm. And when he discovered about this baby king, he sought to kill Mm -hmm. uh, baby Jesus. And Mary, uh, uh, Joseph rather, was warned by an angel in a dream to flee from Bethlehem. And so they did. They fled from Bethlehem. They went to Egypt. Mm -hmm. And they were there for a number of years until the death of King Herod. Then God said, it's time to go back. Mm-hmm. Time to go back to your home. And they went back to Galilee. They went back to mm-hmm. Nazareth, and that is where Jesus was brought up, and that's where Jesus spent a lot of his ministry working among the poorer classes, the rural areas, mm-hmm. the seaside, um, seaside region of mm-hmm. Galilee. The Bible predicted that a great light would shine upon those who had dwelt in darkness. Wow. And indeed, the light of the world, Jesus himself, lived among mm. the people of Galilee, predicted 700 That's years amazing. before.
0: Because these are only three of the prophecies, the, the many prophecies. No human being can predict that with such an accuracy.
1: We're not That's good impossible. at predicting the future, Pastor Ricardo. <laughs> I mean, you know... Yeah, we're not good at it. It's impossible to predict the future with perfect accuracy. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the test that God says to, um, to see whether something's genuine or not, to see if it's really of a divine origin or not. Put it to the test. Can it reveal the future? Mm-hmm. God in His Word has indeed revealed the future. Uh, another prophecy from the book of Isaiah. It's in Isaiah chapter 35. And verse uh, thirty, uh, sorry, chapter thirty-five, verse four to six describes the activity of the of the Messiah. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For the waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. Here is predicted a time in which the eyes of the blind would be opened. Here is predicted a time where the glory of God would shine upon his people with miracles of Mm -hmm. healing. And, of course, when we look Mm -hmm. at the life of Jesus, he performed so many miracles. Yes, he did. Even the enemies of Jesus did not deny that he performed miracles. Mm. They simply said that it was from sorcery or from the power of Beelzebub, <laughs> so no one denied that Jesus performed miracles and did many wonderful works, even the great historian Je- Jewish historian Josephus talks about the fact that Jesus did many great signs and yes. wonders, and so Jesus was yeah. a miracle worker
0: yes even when John the Baptist was in in prison doubting about Jesus, whether he was the mm-hmm. one that they were waiting for, the answer that Jesus sent to him was, um, you know, what is he doing? What is what is Jesus doing? Look at the the people. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. He used Jesus used that as as, as an evidence of who he was.
1: Absolutely, it's powerful. Yeah, um, this was a powerful demonstration of the very works that they expected the Messiah to do, and that's what Jesus did. He healed the sick. In fact, Jesus spent more time healing than he did teaching preaching. And indeed, this prediction, once again, from Isaiah, written some 700 years before Christ, was fulfilled precisely. Now, Pastor Ricardo, I'm not sure if we need to go to a break, but, um, yeah, there's a few more prophecies that I'd like to look at today. Perhaps let's look at one more and um, come to some music, but... uh, This is a fascinating prophecy. Incredible. In the book of Zechariah, we read this fascinating, fascinating description. This is Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 to 13. Mm -hmm. This is written some 520 years before Christ. That's a long time. That's a long time. You can't guess 520 years in advance. Here's what it says. So they weighed out my wages, 30 pieces of silver. So, I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Mm. We remember the story of one of Jesus' own disciples. Mm -hmm. His name was Judas. And Judas betrayed his Lord for the price of a slave, for 30 pieces of silver. Mm. He went to the chief priests. He said, "I can, I can, I can help you. I can betray Jesus to you. How much money can you give me?" They weighed out to him thirty pieces of silver. He took the money. He betrayed Jesus. But later on, he was so remorseful that he took the silver back. And what did he do? He threw it. In the, into the house mm-hmm. of the Lord. Zechariah predicted that, I, that he says, so I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And for the potter, what did they do? The the um, religious leaders, they gathered up the 30 pieces of silver. They said, we can't just put this yes. back into the temple money. So they used the money to buy the potter's field.
0: Exactly as it was predicted.
1: I tell you, the Bible is full of incredible that are there, with Pastor Ricardo, to strengthen our faith. Friends, you're listening today. Perhaps you have some, you've had some challenges in your mind. There's been some questions about faith that are unresolved. Friends, I want to encourage you. God's word is always going to be fulfilled. Definitely. God's promises never fail. I think of the words of Jesus after he had risen from the dead, and of course, his disciples, they still had doubts and unbelief in their hearts. And Jesus, Pointed them to the scriptures and he says, these scriptures must be fulfilled. Everything that was written in the law of Moses and Psalms and the prophets, it must be fulfilled. There's a divine necessity that God's word will be fulfilled. We can have confidence in Jesus as the son of God because literally more than a 100 prophecies Written hundreds of years in advance.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Pinpoint.
0: Accurately fulfilled.
1: Yeah, accurately fulfilled in Jesus' life.
0: We can certainly rely on God's Word. It's time for a break. Let's listen to some music uh, from Fountain View Academy Orchestra and singers. The song is Be Born in Me.
3: Inside me cries for order. Everything inside me wants to hide. Is the shadow an angel or a warrior? If God is pleased with me, why am I so terrified? Someone tell me I am only dreaming. help me see with heaven's eyes and before my head agrees my heart is on its knees holy is he blessed and beginning you will hold me
0: Be Born in Me. What a beautiful song once again. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but how many of us are actually willing for Jesus to be born in our hearts? Be Born in Me. Uh, dear listeners, once again, our giveaway for this week is the book Knowing Jesus, Knowing God by David Marshall. And this book is all about Jesus, as you can see by the title It reveals His personality, the reasons why we can believe in Him and depend on Him, and how we can accept His salvation. Isn't it wonderful to be a friend of Jesus? By knowing Jesus, we know God. When we know God, the miracle at the heart of the Christian gospel begins in our lives. David Marshall has degrees including a doctorate in history, but he chose to spend his life communicating the good news about Jesus. He's never happier than when he is immersed in the four gospels. He believes that in them we encounter the living Christ. And uh, I agree with that, dear friends, because when you read the gospels, you're not just reading pages. You're having uh, an interview with a person, the person of Jesus Christ. So, um, he believes, the author of this book, that in the gospels, we, in the gospels, we encounter the living Christ. And through him the generous father whose arms are wide open to those who return to his home. Um, all you need to do to get a free copy of this book is text the code SA one five zero to O four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. That is SA for South Australia one five zero no spaces in the code. Text that in again to the number O four triple eight eight oh eight. Eleven, And please send us your comments, your questions or your prayer requests at any time. We love to hear from you and um, we uh, we also love to pray for your requests. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time Big Q&A. This is Pastor Ricardo, your host for today and joining me in the studio I have Pastor Marty. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center here in Adelaide. This week, as you know, we are exploring the theme, Christmas. And the big question for today is, does the Old Testament really foretell Christ? And uh, we've been looking at some amazing prophecies that were uh, predicted 500 years before Christ, 700 years before Christ, It's impossible for a human being to know all these things in advance. I know, Pastor Marty, you're going to touch on one more prophecy dealing with the way in which Jesus died. Uh, And after you do that, I know that believing in these prophecies is important, but is it enough to say, I I believe that this is true?
1: These are great questions, Pastor Ricardo. You know, these, these prophecies... They reveal to us that God does not guess the future. Mm. They reveal to us that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. This final prophecy is an amazing one. This one was written more than a th- about a thousand years before Christ wow. was born. It was written by David, King David in the Psalms. And here's what he writes describing the experience of the Messiah. Psalm 22 verse 16 says the congregation of the wicked has enclosed me they pierced my hands and my feet why is this so significant this is so significant because this is 700 years before crucifixion even existed David writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this description that so perfectly fits with how Jesus was was uh, was condemned to death, that he was pierced through his hands and his feet. You see, the usual method of execution for the Jews was stoning. If someone was was um, guilty or they were deserving of death, they would be stoned. Jesus, they believed they they wanted to to destroy him. The Jews did, but he wasn't stoned to death. He was crucified on a cross. Crucifixion was something that was reserved only for the worst of the worst. And yet, Jesus, those tender hands that had healed the sick, that had comforted the brokenhearted, those feet that had carried good news to countless people and villages. These hands, these feet were pierced through with huge, um, jagged iron Roman nails. They were pierced through so that Jesus was, was, uh, was, was hung on the cross. And all of this was predicted more than a thousand years before the events. And to me, that is truly amazing that the Bible predicted with such incredible accuracy all of these things. The Bible is so clear that Jesus is the Messiah. And perhaps as we're listening today, and friends, as you're listening today, you say, yeah, I believe. I believe in Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us, though, that believing in Christ is not enough it 's not enough to merely believe in the sense that I go, yes, I agree that Jesus is the Son of God, yes, I agree that He fulfilled prophecy. Yes, I agree that uh, that Jesus is the the only way of salvation. We can agree with all those things, but the Bible says in James chapter two and verse nineteen that even the demons believe and tremble. Mm. The demons know that Jesus is the Son of God. The demons know that Jesus healed the sick and that he fulfilled prophecy. They know all those things, but it doesn't save them. They know it. Mm. What is needed, belief without commitment, is useless. It's a waste of time. To believe in Jesus without committing ourselves to him is just a waste of time. The Bible is calling us not merely to an intellectual belief, although it does satisfy our intellectual um, questions. The Bible is not just calling us to merely say, yes, I believe and believe with our mouths, but to believe with our hearts and our lives, to commit our lives completely to this Jesus, this Jesus who who fulfilled prophecy, this Jesus who died for our sins, who rose again, this Jesus who humbled himself, leaving heaven's throne, coming Mm -hmm. to to Bethlehem, to be born as a tiny little baby. This Jesus, yes. if you commit your life to him, he'll change your life. He'll give you joy. He'll give you peace. He'll give you forgiveness. Amazing.
0: That's when we get the benefits of his sacrifice.
1: This is the way that we he'll can take by. hold. Jesus says, I, I've come to give you life and, and life more abundant. And if we put our faith, trust and totally commit our lives to Jesus, we'll see him work powerfully in our lives and so this is the key pastor ricardo i want to just share a very brief story that i believe illustrates this point Mm -hmm. there was two boys that used to go to school one was from a well-to-do family one was from a poor family the boy from the well-to-do family every day he'd come to school with an orange and he'd share it with the the boy from the poor family well one day the well-to-do boy wasn't at school and the teacher noticed the poor boy sitting by himself. And the teacher knew that every, every time they would sit together for recess, that they would eat an orange together. And so the teacher went and got an orange and gave it to the poor boy. And he sat there with the poor boy as the poor boy began to peel the orange. Mm-hmm. And then the poor boy began to eat the orange skin. And the teacher said, that's not how you eat an orange. And the poor boy said every day when, when we eat our orange together, this is what we do. My friend he gives me the skin, I eat the skin and he eats <laughs> he eats the um the other part. And the teacher says, Oh wow, 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 listen to me. That's not how you eat an orange here. And he peeled off a juicy segment uh-huh. of orange, handed it to the poor boy. The, the the boy put it in his mouth. His face lit up. He thought, Wow, is that what an orange tastes like? Mm. You no know, friends. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We can't just take somebody else's word for it. We can't just live off somebody else's experience. We need Christ in our hearts. We need to surrender our life to Him. Jesus is calling us today. He's calling us to make that decision, to commit our life fully to Him.
0: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Marty, for sharing those thoughts with us and our listeners. And time is up, unfortunately. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, please help us to experience Jesus by ourselves. That we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This was Pastor Ricardo, your host, and our co-host today was Pastor Marty. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow as we answer the big question, Is Jesus just a myth like Santa? Until then, remember that the Bible says... The virgin will conceive and give, a, uh, give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us, Isaiah 7.14. May God bless you all. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.